The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. Tommy's here. I'm here. Uh, I know I didn't do radio this morning. I was just off. I wasn't fired. Um, For those of you that reached out to check on me, not yet anyway. (laughs) Uh, Just a couple (laughs) of days off. Um, You know, Tommy, I think, would agree with this. If you're serious about doing these sports talk show kinds of jobs in this city, you, you really can't take days off once football season starts in September. So you've got to get right. in some of those vacation days, you know, during the summer. Um, so on radio, I'm back tomorrow and Wednesday, then off the end of the week. And I'll be taking some days off from this podcast as well between now and Labor Day. Not not sure exactly when yet, because, Tommy, we are in the midst of sort of a complicated move that gets more complicated by the day. It'll all work out, work out fine. Um, but uh, I will keep everybody posted on that. Uh, posted on that. Tommy had a very interesting weekend, which we are going to get to here at the top. But I do want to tell you that we will be discussing um, for the majority of the show today uh, the presidential briefing um, from Jason Wright, the Washington football team president, um, from this morning, um, and the interview that he did with the Washington Post late last week. I am sorry I wasn't there. I told you in advance that I was more likely than not um, not going to be able to make it unless there was a big rainstorm yesterday, but I had a previous commitment um, yesterday. But tell me how the event at Caddy's with your guys, King of Soul, um, in a very, very, I know, um, heartfelt event for you, for the D.C. Grays, how did it go? It went fabulous. It would, it would be hard to have, for it to have gone better. Uh, we had a great turnout. Uh, we raised $2,500. That's awesome. For the Grays. Uh, King Soul was fabulous playing, giving up their Sunday afternoon to play for free. Caddy's was a great host. Uh, everything just went great. I want to give a shout out to Neil in Rockville who came and, and helped one of our board members, Chris Spira, uh, hand out some Grays. Uh, uh, tokens and stuff to people uh, while the event was going on. That was a big help as well. Uh, so that's pretty much it. Neil is always, by the way, so helpful. 
uh, on these things. Yes. And Neil, seriously, um, and some of you hear Neil on the radio show because he's sort of a legal contributor. He was for Tommy and I for years. But and there are others, not just Neil, but um, so dedicated um, to everything that we we do and we're involved in, and that's always appreciative. We're always appreciative of that. I I was sent a video by you. Um, Tommy had a surprise for everybody, which he teased on the last show that we did last week together, uh, and it was a video of him singing um, "Knock on Wood." <laughs> With with King with Soul, the with the band, yes. Tommy grabbed the mic, moved a little bit, um, and sang his his little heart out. Didn't you? Yes, I did, baby. Yes, I did. <laughs> it was a big hit. Yeah, it was a huge hit. I can't get enough of it. I can't get enough of it. You sent it to me this morning, and I've listened. I've watched it. It's outstanding. Look, I mean, keep your day job. Um, that's the one thing I would say, but the fearlessness that you had to get up there and belt it out, Otis Redding style was awesome. It was great. <laughs> yeah, I've done that before, you know, I did yeah, many, many, many years ago. I mean, 35, 40 years ago, uh, there were a couple of songs that some bands used to invite me up to sing with them back in the old first edition days in Jersey. Uh, but uh, I haven't done it in a long time, and it wasn't my idea. King Soul invited me up to do it. Uh, they said before the event, you better start practicing your knock on wood because we're going to call you up to do it. <laughs> that was awesome. So, um, Tommy tweeted... And my greatest fear, yeah. my greatest fear is screwing up the lyrics while I'm up there. Well, I mean, I've sung that song a thousand times, but, you know, I just was so worried I was going to screw up the lyrics somehow. I think when, look, if this is one of your favorite songs, typically that's one of those long-term memory things that are pretty much ingrained. Hopefully, if you start to to forget the lyrics of your favorite song, you probably (laughs) need more sleep or maybe a neurological evaluation. Um, But... Uh, you looked great up there, and I'm honestly the, the people that showed up. I know it meant so much to Tom. It meant so much to the DC Grays. It meant so much to uh, everybody that was there. That's awesome. Um, I wish I could have been there. Um, I would not have gotten up on stage with you because I, while I certainly know the song, I would not have known the lyrics. So I would have been like a doo wop in the back for you in a, in a okay. best case. That would. That would have been good. That's that's a preview for next year, then. Okay, very good. Um, but it was a good day. It was a really good day. Yeah, it, everyone was very generous. A lot of people showing up for, for the event. So uh, I want to thank everybody. This, this money goes to uh, you know getting uniforms, getting equipment, uh, you know, building uh, travel teams. All for kids in Ward 6, 7, and 8 in the district. That's awesome. Who would not have these baseball opportunities otherwise. That so is, it was, it's a good cause. Big that, show for a big cause, like I said. That is, uh, that's phenomenal. All right. Um, I think we have to start with... And one last ahead. thing. Yes. Because people were asking, there will be a cigar event this fall. There will be a, a Cigars and Curveballs fundraiser At Shelley's? this fall again. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, we, I mean, you didn't have it, obviously, last June. 
Right. And so you're going to have one this fall. Um, I, yeah. I I am committed to having and uh, making um, making uh, make it to, making it to that one. That that one I won't miss. Well, you're, I, you're, you've You've always been a big supporter of that. I really appreciate okay, it. Okay, whatever. Um, but I do enjoy that. In fact, I think the last one that you had was when uh, Dave Martinez and Mike Rizzo both showed up. And, and it was, half the front office with them. And it was pretty <laughs> much at the 19 and 31 uh, mark. Um, and then yeah. they made the run. Uh, anyway, all right. I, I want to start with... Um, Jason Wright. By the way, I will. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the NBA Finals because they were, for all intents and purposes, revived last night by Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, the Euro, by the way, yesterday, um, I did I'll not. I did not see it um, live, really, but it went to Italy on what was just an absolute insane day uh, in London and at Wembley. Did you see some of the video of the fans basically no. running through the barricades? They. Uh, you know, the estimate is that there were thousands and thousands of fans in Wembley yesterday that did not have a ticket. Um, anyway, I um, Jason, you are going to watch the, the home run derby tonight. Yeah, well, I want to see Otani in particular, and, and yeah. I hope Juan Soto does does well. Also, the Nats obviously limping into the All Star break, literally and figuratively. Yes, they are. Um, they yeah. got swept by the Giants um, yesterday. They are. Um, what six games, five games under five hundred now? They went from being yeah. the hottest team in the baseball in 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 the major leagues to a team that's really floundering right now, and a lot of it really is injury related. So anyway, um, I want to read Jason Wright's briefing because um, my sense of it is that some of you haven't haven't seen it unless you're following the Washington football team on Twitter or unless you're you know on their website and I know that you know they don't have nearly as many followers or as interested you know website uh, 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 fans as they used to but I want to read this to you and then I want us to talk about it because the first thing and I won't bury the lead the first thing is and the most important thing to come out of this is the official termination of one of the new name possibilities. Um, If you were a fan of the Warriors as the next name for the football team, that will not be the name according to this morning's morning's presidential briefing from Jason Wright. Uh, That was part uh, of the big uh, takeaway from this morning's briefing. In fact, I think it was really the intent of this morning's briefing from Jason Wright is to tell everybody it's not going to be the Warriors. Um, And he explains why. But let me read this to you, all right? And then we can go back through it. I know you've read it. It's not a long read. But for those that haven't heard it, it starts off with Jason Wright saying, Since we made the decision to change our name, The past nine months have given us a unique opportunity to reevaluate our organization in terms of who we are today and what path we want to take into our future. A key to that determination is acknowledging and understanding our past. You could say it's a chance to watch the film on ourselves, not just through our eyes, but 
also through the perspectives of others. It's no secret why we began this journey of finding a new brand identity. It's centered around our old name and its use of Native American imagery and racialized language. Though I wasn't here for the rescinding rescinding of the name, I believe it was done with faith that the connective ties of this fan base run deep and that the deeply loved traditions and positive aspects of our identity can be preserved and even enhanced under a new name that does not offend any member of our community. Quite simply, it is the right thing to do. He continues, we recognize that not everyone is in favor of this change, and even the Native American community offers a range of opinions about both our past and path forward. But in these moments, it is important to prioritize the views of those who have been hurt by, by our historical use of Native American language Um, iconography and imagery. Let me also be clear, moving on from the old moniker does not invalidate the poignant memories so many of you had with loved ones watching your football heroes in burgundy and gold. There are moments to cherish and we need your help to ensure we preserve those memories under a new banner that should bring even more fans into the Washington family. With this in mind, we made it a priority to run an an inclusive process to listen to all voices. We've given particular emphasis to engaging, listening, and learning from Native American leaders and individuals throughout the country. This process has exposed us to the very deeply held personal feelings about our previous imagery and association, and not just the simple, easy to categorize who's for or who's against polling of our old name, but research revealing the psychological effects of Native American team names on American Indian and Alaska Native youth. In sum, This engagement demonstrated to us a consensus that moving forward with no ties to Native American imagery is the right path. I am personally and deeply grateful for the Native American community leaders who engaged with us, sharing painful, raw, and real stories that persist to this day. Their stories affirmed our decision to move in a new direction in the creation of our new name and identity, and we are proudly forging ahead in this journey with a promise to our community, a promise to continue to be inclusive in our process and collaborative with our fans. In the spirit of that engagement, I want to address a name that has emerged amongst our fan base, Warriors. One might look at this name as a natural and even harmless transition, considering that it does not necessarily or specifically carry a negative connotation. But as we learn through our research and engagement with various groups, context matters, and that makes it a slippery slope. Feedback from across communities we engaged clearly revealed deep-seated discomfort around warriors and the clear acknowledgement that it too closely aligns with Native American themes. Such an embrace of potentially Native um, adjacent iconography um, and imagery would not represent a clear departure that many communities have so forcefully advocated for us to embrace and that frankly we set out to do when we started this process a year ago. We have 89 years of history in this league and failing to acknowledge our past use use of native imagery in the consideration of the new name wouldn't be mindful of the individuals and communities that were hurt by the previous names. 
by the previous name, excuse me. Um, we've made significant changes in our organization and our culture, and our new name must reflect these changes. To that end, we will choose an identity that unequivocally departs from any use of our approximate linkage to Native American American imagery. I know this may be disappointing for some folks, but as I've said many times before, our new identity should unite us. It should bring us together the way this team comes together on the football field and the way we have seen our fans come together and proudly support our team and our DMV community. With training camp around the corner and the 2021 season nearly upon us, we feel the momentum building during this offseason. We've made significant progress in our rebrand journey and are entering a very exciting phase. We are now down to a list, a short list. We are now down, excuse me, to a short list of final names based on, uh, hold on for a second. Um, where am I? Uh, we are now down to a short list of final names based on our strategic approach, research process, and insight phase. We will continue to rely upon the insight and support of many of you as it moves forward to a final decision. As a team, we are confident that our new brand identity will honor our legacy and lead us into our future as a franchise. So that um, was the presidential briefing this morning from team president Jason Wright. Um, after reading it, what were your reactions? Well, I mean, he knows he knows how to uh, get a message out. Uh, I think he's I think he's very good at what he does, and uh, I don't think it's going to matter much to the people who are still upset about the name change. I don't think they're going to hear him. But, uh, you know, I'm not sure he's writing for the fan base as much as he's writing for the NFL and, uh, you know, the eyes that are supposedly going to be watching this franchise moving forward. So I think he accomplished what he wanted to do. How effective it is, I have my doubts. Um, okay. Can I, um, go through it and nitpick it a little bit? Sure. Let me start with this. I think that, um, he communicates a lot. He enjoys communicating a lot. And that's certainly a different modus operandi than before. And we've got somebody in in the organization that is constantly communicating. Um, there are reasons for that. The reasons are, is they have a business that's floundering. Um, you know, this isn't a position that this organization has been in much over the last 89 years, certainly not the last 50. Um, so having a new face, uh, and intelligent voice, um, communicating with what's left of the fan base, um, I think he recognizes is important. So I give him a lot of credit to staying in front of the fan base. I also am going to give him credit for the first time today to start, uh, to sort of understanding, the past. You know, a lot of people get here and they just don't get it. You know, they don't understand the name or why people would have been attached to it or, you know, why the fan base has deteriorated and whittled away. And, you know, it's a, it's an amazing thing. You get into this organization and you almost take on the owner's detachment from reality um, about why, um, you know, the organization and the business of the organization is in the spot that it's in now. But I, I want to start with this because he starts off by talking about, 
you know, we made the decision to change your name. The past nine, nine months have given us a unique opportunity to re- reevaluate our organization. A key to that determination is acknowledging and understanding our past. You could say it's a chance to watch the film. He puts it in quotes, watch the film on ourselves, not just through our eyes, but also through the perspectives of others. Uh, I would suggest to him that the perspectives of others are much more important than their own eyes. Their own eyes have deceived them for years. But a review of the film, um, Tommy, um, would indicate, you know, uh, Jason, that your team on the field hasn't been very good for 21 years. You know, that's what the film reveals, is that the team has sucked for 21 years. And the reason is very poor leadership. And beyond just putting out an inferior football product for much of the last 21 years, the inferiority has come with an attached, embarrassing behavior time and time again um, that's made it even worse, made the losing even worse. There's your, there's your macro film review recap. That's it. Your review of the film is that your football team has sucked because your owner is a bad owner. And the losing has come with a level of embarrassment that has chased droves away. The only thing that's kept most of what was once an incredibly passionate fan base from completely disappearing is, number one, people still love football. Okay? It is still the number one sport in this country, whether you're in a market... The NFL is, is, is a safety net. The NFL... No matter how bad... The local franchise can be. That's right. Football is still uh, the NFL is still a big safety net. That's a great way to put it. That's that's one of the reasons that there are still people hanging on. And two, you know, there are these past memories, however distant, that people are still attached to. And by the way, those memories include a very emotional, visceral attachment to the brand and everything associated to the brand. Um, But that's, you know, I hope that big picture, I remember when Brian LaFamina, uh, you know, asked me to come out and sit with him after he had taken over the short-term president's chair, which only you predicted um, would be short-term, told him to rent, not buy, said if he's here if in, in, a year from now, you basically would pay almost anybody a 1000 bucks. You could have made a lot of money off that one. But I just remember telling him, look, this is really simple. The football product has to be not only a really good football product, but it's got to be one that steers clear of embarrassing behavior because the memories that people still hang on to um, come from an era where not only did they win, but they won with a level of, of decorum and class that was top shelf, the top shelf, and not only in the NFL, but in all of team sports. Um, that's it. That's win. Win and don't embarrass people. Um, and that's not something they've been able to do now for basically coming up on 30 years. And I point this out all the time, and it's fair to say that certainly the embarrassing behavior has been the last 21 years since Dan Snyder took over as owner. But the losing has been going on for essentially 29 years. You know, yes. after Gibbs left and they were an old team and they, you know, with the, with the salary cap, you know, introduction in 93, they were going to lose for a couple of years, but they lost for a lot of years in a row. And they lost big for a lot of years in a row. Um 
Uh, He continues in his um, briefing, it's no secret why we began this journey of finding a new brand identity. Uh, It's centered around our old name and its use of Native American imagery and and racialized language. Though I wasn't here for the rescinding of the name, I believe it was done with faith that that the connective ties of this fan base run deep and that the deeply loved traditions and positive aspects of our identity can be preserved and even enhanced under a new name that does not offend any member of our community. Quite simply, it is the right thing to do. You know, one of the things I liked, and he's communicated a lot since taking over. This isn't the first briefing. This isn't the first interview. um, But this is the one that is getting a lot of headlines because it it eliminated one of the name possibilities, which we'll get to. But on this particular part of his briefing, let's be clear, okay? The name would still be the name if not for George Floyd's murder and the aftermath, which included economic pressure put on the team by the team's biggest business partners and sponsors, Federal Express, PepsiCo, Bank of America, and others. The name would still be the name. This was not something that they were going to go into voluntarily. You know, uh, it's no secret why we began this journey of finding a new brand. It's centered around our old name and its use of Native American imagery. But no, the, 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 the no secret is... FedEx and PepsiCo and Bank of America threatened to pull away big, big money, period. That's why the name got changed a year ago, by the way, Tommy, tomorrow is, I think, when the whole thing started. Yeah, it wasn't some kind of social revelation that the ownership underwent. And let's also be clear, you know, there was no quite simply in any of this. You know, when he writes quite simply, it is the right thing to do. There's never been a quite simply in this discussion, okay, whether it was last summer or the years that preceded last summer. The right thing to do was always very complex, always very complex. Um, He goes on, we recognize that not everyone is in favor of this change, and even the Native American community offers a range of opinions about both our past and the path forward. But in these moments, it's important to prioritize the views of those who have been hurt by our our, our historical use of Native American language, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. These are the moments to cherish. Um, He said, uh, the old moniker does not invalidate the poignant memories so many of you had with loved ones watching your football heroes in burgundy and gold. Those are moments to cherish. We need to help to ensure that we preserve those memories under a new banner that should bring even more fans into the Washington family. One of the things that I like about this note this morning, first of all, like even though I've joked about all of the business speak and the business lingo and the business buzzwords that he uses in almost every single communique he has, um, it's very clear to me that he is by far and away the brightest person that's been in this organization in years. Like in years. And not only that, his ability to communicate, even though sometimes you probably have some people going, what does this little business buzzword actually mean? What's he trying to say here? He just, you can tell he is innately very bright. Now, does he have any experience in running an actual business by himself? No, he's been a consultant. Consultants live in the world of theoretical. 
and whiteboard drawing. They they don't live and have never lived in the world of practical. Um, but he is very bright and I would think is going to be bright enough to figure it out. But, you know, being in the business of running a business is much different than being in the business of talking about how a business should be run. There's so much more to it. But what's very clear to me is he is by far and away, not only the brightest, but the guy that, you know, is communicating in a way. Dan can't communicate. We've known that for years. The The organization has been truly one of the most limited intellectually in all of team sports for a long period of time. That's changed here recently on the business side with Jason Wright. I, I would say I appreciate too, and I respect him acknowledging that not everyone has been in favor of this, you know, like the majority of the customer base hasn't been in favor of this. By the way, he also includes the majority of those that matter the most in this conversation, Native Americans themselves. Now, he doesn't refer to a majority of Native Americans, but we know that, you know, more likely than not, the polling isn't that, you know, in 90-10, even if the real numbers are 60-40, it's still a majority of Native Americans over the hundreds and hundreds of tribes that are that exist out there. And I think it's over 500 nationwide that have not had an issue with this. I, I think Jason's pretty smart and understands that in communicating from his office, you have to address everyone and not speak down to those that don't agree. You know, that's smart on his part because Tommy, they are desperate for fans right now. We live in a bubble of communicating with people that are really into the football team. I can tell you from a business standpoint and last year, who knows what would have happened because they didn't get a chance to see that because of the pandemic. But we know the TV ratings were really, really low for most of the year. But they're desperate for customers right now. They've never been in this position. They have, in a short 21 years, taken away one of the most insanely committed customer bases. They've taken that insanely committed customer base and chased away the majority of it. And many of those chased away... They need back desperately because many of those that they chased away, that the owner in part chased chased away, they were the big spenders, Tommy. They were the big, you know, 20% of the people generate 80% of the revenue. They were the sweet holders, the premium seat buyers, you know, the big corporate sponsors. These are the people they have to get back. There is a percentage, as we know, of this fan base over the years that will never think that this team can do wrong and will spend their last dying nickel on this team. That's not they they want that. Uh, they they I think and hopefully they respect and appreciate that, but they need the significant percentage of their fan base that left. They have to get it back. He writes, with this in mind, we made it a priority to run an ex- in an inclusive process to listen to all voices. We've given particular emphasis to engaging, listening, and learning from Native American leaders and individuals throughout the country. This process has exposed us to the very deeply held personal feelings about our previous imagery association, and not just the simple, easy to categorize who's for, who's against polling 
of our old name, but research revealing the psychological effects of Native uh, of Native American team names on American Indian and Alaska uh, Alaska Native youth. Um, I, I I guess the only thing I would say is I wish there were something in this note or previous communica- communications from him that acknowledged that this is a tricky situation because the bottom line with most things is there's a group of people that almost anything you put out there, you're going to offend a certain percentage of people. You can't run or build a business on attempting to satisfy every single person. They make being offended... But he did say, he did say quite simply it was the right thing to do, which would indicate to me that uh, he's thought for years that this name was offensive, personally. Um, that's an interesting takeaway. I don't, I didn't feel that, that way. I think that he doesn't, I mean, if it's it, like you said, it's not quite simple. It's not quite simple. No. For him to state that would indicate to me that he thought he's probably thought for years that this was an obvious, uh, you know, issue that should have been dealt with. Boy, if that's true, sort of amazing. He got the gig. Yes. So I yes, don't I don't know if I, 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 I sort of sense about him, and I could be way off. I think he is very open-minded to the opinions of lots of people. Look, they, once, once we got real economic impact to the name, the ship sailed. It was over. So it's time to move on. What he's trying to do is address... You know, everybody in this process, because they are desperate for more customers. He doesn't want to beat the people down that still love the name. He can't do that. He needs many of those people back. Um, I just think that, you know, ultimately, with anything, you can't attempt to satisfy everybody. You can't build a business trying to satisfy people that make being offended you know, a cause and often even a, a business. But anyway, um, then he gets to the Warriors thing. You know, he talks in some, this engagement demonstrated to us a consensus that moving forward with no ties to Native American imagery is the right path. Well, that's not new news. We knew last summer when the name went away, there wasn't going to be a name with any ties to Native American imagery. You know, this is, Tommy, I go back to um, when we used to have this debate before the name was lost. People would say to me, well, you're wrong. Would any new business launch their business and use this name? Well, that's not a relevant point because it wasn't a new business. It was an 80-plus-year-old business with an established customer base that was very attached to the name and the brand. Of course, if I were starting a new business, I would never intentionally pick a brand or a name that was controversial in any way with any percentage of polling. So, of course not. Um, But I think we knew, you know, there wasn't going to be Native American imagery, you know, uh, to this. So he says, in the spirit of that engagement, I want to address a name that has emerged amongst our fan base, Warriors. One might look at this name as a natural and even harmless transition, considering that it does not necessarily or specifically carry a negative connotation. But as we learn through our research and engagement with various groups, context matters, and that makes it a slippery slope. 
Feedback from across communities we engaged in clearly revealed a deep-seated discomfort around warriors with the clear acknowledgement that it is too closely aligned with Native American themes. Such an embrace of potentially Native-adjacent iconography and the imagery would not represent a clear departure that many communities have so forcefully advocated uh, for us to embrace and that, frankly, we set out to do when we started this process a year ago. Um, so, uh, Warriors is not going to be the name. Um, there are a couple things here that he s- says. You know, context matters. Man, it's one of the things I've been saying for years, right? Context matters. You know, the Washington Redskins, the context has never been Native American themed. It's been, you know, language evolves. We've seen this with Fighting Irish and Yankees and lots of other, you know, team names. Language evolves. And I've always said to you and and others, boy, it's time for like a second non-pejorative definition of the word, you know, that, that simply is noun, the team that plays football in Washington. Um, but, you know, that would have been sort of creating context matters and considering that language evolves. But that's, you know, that ship has sailed. I understand that. I do also completely understand, because I've read some of it over the years, about Native American imagery in particular, even more than names, Tommy, um, that have been... Um, you know, uh, uncomfortable at the very least, if not, you know, painful, raw and hurtful to many Native Americans. And nobody wants that. Nobody, you know, with a heart wants that. Now, he says that they, you know, address this and they got feedback across communities and engaged in 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 this conversation specific to even warriors. It would have been, I think, helpful for him to kind of put in some of that data. But whatever. I think most people understand that there is a feeling with Native American imagery, that, with some that it's hurtful, and with others it's a way to keep the Native American um, Native American sort of alive and in top of mind in a country that has long since sort of um, you know moved away from Native Americans, sadly. Um, but warriors. So here's what I would say. First of all, I don't think I think they lost warriors. I think warriors was number one. I was told that, you know, uh, before even a year ago, that Warriors would be the plan if they ever did lose the name, that that's what Dan wanted. And then for whatever reason, typical of a poorly run business, um, they lost or let the trademark um, sort of run out and and did and did not renew it. Yeah. And so it ended up I in mean, the hands of somebody about, else. Isn't it a little bit, bit disingenuous and not transparent that, the president doesn't address that in any reference to the name. Uh, well, I mean, he doesn't. Ha- I don't think in this purpose he needs to admit that Warriors was a front runner at some point, and the team messed it up. Because Tommy, here's what I would say: the war is like people are saying. Well, that means the Golden State Warriors are going to lose their name. No, it doesn't. That there's no imagery. There's no context that puts Golden State Warriors into the Native American conversation. If this football team picked Warriors, it's different. It would be. So, I mean, I, 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 I sort of understand, like, even if they hadn't let 
the trademark, um, you know, elapse and lo- it, it, they hadn't lost it or it didn't cost too much to get it back. That this but you're, you're missing. You're missing my point. What am, what's the point? If they did not lose the trademark, do you think they would move forward with it? I, or if, I mean, if that's the case, then everything this guy wrote is crapola. I think that this guy would have been a strong um, voice for, you know what, Warriors may work in the Bay Area with the basketball team because there's never been attachment in their brand with Native Americans, and Warriors can be used to describe lots of different things, you know, our own military and our own veterans and all of that. But with this organization, I think he would have made the internal case that we've got to move away from this because it would be almost like, okay, we can't use Redskins anymore, but let's use the next best thing. Okay, so, so let's, let's envision how this conversation went. The owner has his second choice lined up for years. Obviously wanted the Washington Warriors, okay? Uh, and then the new guy comes in and says to Dan, you know, Dan, that's it's too close to Redskins. Not a good idea. I wouldn't do that. And the owner says, "You know what, Jason? You're probably right." Do you think that's how it went? I don't know. I don't know how it went. All right. But I. But by the way, it's not a how it went. It's how it may have gone because I don't think right. they had much of a choice. I don't no. think. No, I mean, they, they could always pay for it, I guess, but. I, I, by the way, I don't know where this is going um, as far as the name is concerned, um, but I'm going to give you my thoughts on this in a moment. But the, the net of it is, Tommy, on this, I actually, I guess part of it is that I just don't care that much anymore about this part of it. Um, but I do understand this organization jumping to Warriors if it were available, if they did own the trademark still. Um, I, I think it would have been one of those choices that would have had attached controversy. And I think that... But it would have been their M.O. Yes, but, you know, their M.O. Had, had to change after last year. And it had to change because of the Post story. And it had to change because of the Wilkinson investigation. And it had to change because of a lot of things. Even if the change is short-term. You know, once, by the way, once you lose what it is that you said never, never, never in capital letters to, at that point, you know, it would be a small, small victory for Warriors or a small, small victory for some other, you know, name that, that could be construed as having some well, ties think, to Native Americans. I think the owner is into small victories. Yeah, well. He doesn't have many big ones. Well, this, the, the, the big victory that he had last week, he wanted it to be even bigger because he had his PR and lawyers calling and emailing people <laughs> like you to make sure that they knew that not only did he win, he won big. Um. I just think this whole right, this whole uh, essay that he wrote is a bit disingenuous in the light that they can't use the name Warriors. I think that that is potentially true, but I don't know that I would call it disingenuous because I do sort of get why Warriors would be complex, would be yes, potentially problematic. So, look, like I said... 
you know, when people used to say, would you ever start a business and have Redskins as your name? No, I wouldn't. But that that was never the point. They didn't, they weren't starting a business. They had a business that was already 80 plus years old, you know, was apples and oranges. But because they lost the name, in many ways you are starting, especially when you consider that this fan base has been reduced in recent years to its lowest number of all time. I mean, certainly pre-1960s and pre-Sonny Jurgensen, you know, that in many ways you are now starting a new business. So why would you pick anything that could even remotely be perceived as controversial? Look, like I said earlier, you're always going to offend somebody, but don't offend them where the answer can be too close to what you had before too close to the imagery and you're you're keeping the colors and oh by oh you picked a spear for the helmet i mean they couldn't go down that path and i think we sort of knew that a year ago anyway i agree with you i agree with you logically but but uh, i mean look i'm a back of the baseball card guy and the back of dan snyder's baseball card would indicate this is my name this is what i've had plans all along i'm moving forward with this yeah. But I can't because I don't own it anymore. <laughs> I would love to hear that story in more detail because I I already am familiar with a few of the stories where they didn't exactly dot I's and cross T's very well in agreements with various people or institutions. You know, they have not been what you would call a buttoned up organization over the years. The little things were sort of overlooked. Um, I would love to hear the details of, you know, wait, uh, June 1st is the day to, you know, renew this. And then it's June 7th. Oh, oh we forgot to renew it. Somebody renew it. Oh, somebody, are, somebody already swapped it up. And they, and they, won, they won 10 million bucks for it or whatever. <clears throat> um, really amazing. No, on the back of his baseball card would read 149, 202, and 1 with two playoff wins and just six playoff appearances, or six playoff games, excuse me, um, and just um, uh, five playoff appearances or whatever it is at this point. I lose track. It's not hard to lose track, but getting old. No, it's not. It. It's not hard to keep track of all of it. All right. Um, I want to get to some of the things that Jason Wright said in, in, in his interview last week with Nikki Javala. We'll do that right after these words from a few of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So Nikki Javala, who covers the team for the Washington Post, had a story, um, I think it was from Friday. It may have been Saturday um, that it came out, uh, titled, For Jason Wright, WFT's Outsider President, the Future is All About Change. And I wanted to read a couple of quotes, not only from him, but also a couple of quotes from former Raiders Um, President and CEO Amy Trask, because I thought these were interesting quotes from her as as well. Um, I'll start with this particular paragraph written by Nikki. Since he arrived in Ashburn, Wright has overhauled the franchise's business operations and installed an executive team composed primarily of more NFL outsiders who, like him, believe they can create something once unimaginable, a model franchise. Wright said he wants Washington to, quote, set a gold standard and to evolve into a sports media and entertainment company. Uh, Continuing, we want to be writing the playbook for others, not so we can beat our chests or to pat ourselves on the back, but because we have a unique team that has been intentionally assembled to do that. Closed quote. This is where I personally get frustrated, Tommy. I don't, I, look, it is admirable. It is perhaps even effective to have and to become the standard bearer um, of an organization that has diversity and inclusivity, which is what they talked about last week in all of their follow-up responses to the Beth Wilkinson report and everything else, that this is a a major goal in the organization. But when he says um, we want to set a gold standard to evolve into a sports media and entertainment company, man, that hits me like, whoa, this is what Dan Snyder's always cared about. Jason, you don't understand. The What he's cared about is what our good friend Doc Walker used to always describe as Dan's great Monday through Saturday. Sundays are the problem. <laughs> you know, this is an organization that always had the marketing uh, figured out. You know, the media, you know, in terms of, he says a sports media and entertainment company, maybe that's a little bit different than what I'm thinking about, but it hit me like, stop talking about these things. The only thing people give a shit about is Sundays. Are you good on the football field? Are you finally going to be a winning franchise? That is so far and away number one, Tommy. And if they still don't get that, then they're not going to succeed. If number one for them isn't winning on the field, not off the field, then we got a big we got a big problem moving forward. We want to be writing the playbook for others. Well, if it's with innovative offense or aggressive, you know, pioneering defense, great. If it's creation of sports media and entertainment options for fans, 
Who gives a shit? By the way, nobody. You mean you don't want you don't want them to own an esports team no. and maybe a European soccer team I and don't. all that stuff. I don't. And he talks about that. He talks about some of that stuff. I don't give a shit about any of that. And wouldn't you agree with me that the significant majority of people that either root for this team or used to root for this team don't care about that shit either? Who cares about that? They're not. They're not going to get those guys back by by uh, becoming some kind of diversified sports marketing business. No, <laughs> no. you're right. The, the the fans they need to. I mean, no, it's like if you want to build on a solid fan base, that is the way to do it. If you want to expand, but you have to have a foundation first. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't have that foundation anymore. Yeah, they. He just. Um, you know, that stuff, God, I, I, you know, I I think that still in their minds, you know, they're much better and greater and capable than they really are. Like sometimes it's like, keep it simple before you expand to a 50 store Tex-Mex chain, you got to make one work. You got to have a prototype. You got to figure out, okay, how many, how, how much square feet do we need? What's the menu look like? What kind of employees do we want? Uh, you got to make one pencil out. You know, then you can, then you can replicate that. Then you can diversify. Then you can go into other businesses. But your core business here is winning fucking football games. Period. That's your core business. At least it is for this particular customer. That's all I care about. And you already have people like me that are much less passionate about the team than we used to be. And that doesn't even include the name change, but it includes the 21-year beatdown by this horrendous owner. So to get me back to the level of passion that I used to have, to get many of you, the people you know and that I know and, the men, and many of the people that are listening to this passionate again about the football team, owning a piece of Manchester U or Chelsea or expanding into eSports, you know, and, beca- and by the way, starting to, to, to run your business like Ted's running his businesses, no, win! You've got to win. This dude, who's Jason Wright, ultimately he's going to be responsible for profit and loss, period. He's going to be responsible for increasing revenue, Tommy, and increasing profitability, the bottom line. The, The number one way that happens, and nothing is a close number two, is winning football games on the field, period. Having sustained success, being a playoff contender, playing in playoff games, winning playoff games, getting deep into the playoffs, and potentially one day being back in a Super Bowl, and doing it with a level of class and decorum that doesn't turn off those that, you know, won't just jump back on because you're winning. So winning is much more important than the latter there. But all the other stuff... A sports entertainment and media company, nobody gives a shit about that. Nobody. Is it important to your business that if you start to win, that you have the kind of people that can, you know, expand your business and diversify your business? Of course it is. Yes. And, but but you've got you've gotta you gotta walk before you can run. 
and they for, they they forgot how to walk. I've seen so many in my lifetime, Tommy, read so many business plans and over the years, because I was involved in a lot of that stuff before I got into broadcasting, where it was so clear from the jump that the entrepreneur or the group of entrepreneurs had this vision that was just too far, you know, you know, out there that they wanted to get into everything from the beginning instead of prove to me that this core business idea that you first pitched before you got into all of these other businesses that you were going to be in, that it actually works, that there's actually a market for it, that it actually is profitable, that you can actually sell the product for a price that covers the cost of making it and distributing it and marketing it and everything else. Because this is, this is a guy who comes from, at McKinsey, you know, a consultant background. And I sat in enough of those meetings over many years, Tommy, to know the way they think. It's like, you know, this is what you got to do here, but then look at where it goes and look at how exciting this is. And, and it's just, you know, it's theoretical. It's practical. It, not practical. It's, it's much more theoretical. And that world right now in, in, in professional sports, to me, with this organization in this moment... Ron Rivera better produce a winning football team or Jason Wright isn't going to be able to do anything with rebranding or esports or ownership in soccer teams or anything else. None of that shit will matter. None of it will. They've got to win on the football field. They lost, Tommy, by if you go by television numbers and attendance, you know, some key numbers over the last 10 years, they've lost roughly 60 to 70% of their passionate fan base. That's a, I would agree. That's a lot. And yeah, even though is. we're in this bubble of talking about, you know, did they get the right tackle? Is Leno Jr. going to be good at left tackle? Is Jamin Davis the right choice at linebacker? There are a lot of people that used to be involved in that conversation that don't care about it anymore. And the only way you're going to get those people back is by winning and winning big. And, you know, there are some people, let's face it, with the rebranding, that are never coming back. That would that nobody understood that more than Snyder and some of his marketing friends. Nobody understood what the change of a name and a total rebrand would mean. There were some people that were never coming back. And I still, you know, often think about you know, fast forward um, you know, 2 years from now. Um, and let's just say that they went 13 and 4 and they won their divisional round game or wild card round game, and they are in a divisional round game. Uh, let's let's fast forward. They're in the NFC Championship game. It's Fox. It's Sunday. It's late January. It's cold outside, and they're playing. You know, on the road uh, against uh, the, the Cowboys in the NFC Championship game in in Irving or in Dallas, and they come on the air. And they say, you know, Fox Sports presents the National Football League Championship, the National Football Conference Championship game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Argos. Like, how are you going to feel if that happens? You know, the Washington, I don't know. The, the Washington Monuments, the Washington Red Wolves, the Washington Red Tails. I think Red people Tails. will get past it. 
I think people, okay. if they have success, I think most people will get past it. I, th- I think they'll have a much better chance of attracting a younger demo, for sure. Yes. Because they are, for a, look, for a younger for. For, for a younger demographic here, this is a startup for all intents and purposes. They don't have ties and poignant memories. They don't. It's been too long. It's been 30 years. You know, a 35-year-old a, a, a does not remember their, the last time that they were a real NFL franchise. So the opportunity you know, to this, restart this, is, be, is greater with them. Go ahead. I'm sorry. This couldn't have come. The whole, the whole demise couldn't have come at a worse time for for uh, a sports franchise. I mean, and look, I'm, I, the NFL they had proved last year that they can count money without anybody sitting in the stands. Right. Still. So, but like you pointed out, they would prefer to have people in the stand. They prefer to have fans. I mean, that would be the preference. Uh, you know, but they could live without them. But it's not the way they'd like to do business. But the old, the old, you know, the, the season ticket list, the whole myth about that, that Brian LaFamina buried, that's not even the way sports teams do business anymore. True. I mean, they, they still have a season ticket base, but, but, the, but they, they're dealing with a, fan, a young fan base right now that doesn't like to commit to a season's worth of tickets. They like to decide, what are you doing today? Hey, let's go to the football game. And buy tickets that day, and I've watched the Ravens adapt to that with their own marketing and how they've come up with different social media uh, ticketing plans for those kind of fans. And that's what this franchise is going to have to do. The old days of 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 you know doing business up until March, selling your season tickets and then closing up shop. That's over. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, it's di- it's different, but what isn't different is the you know the significant percentage of revenue still comes from these TV deals. Like it's you know it's why none yeah. of the thirty two will ever go out of business. But those that become much more profitable and end up having bigger standalone businesses um, beyond just the one thirty-second share of the TV money are those that are able to attract, you know, the biggest, you know, don't uh, uh, sponsors um, can charge more for sponsors, can fill up their suites and their premium seating, can sell more product. Um, and to do that, you've got to have a product that's worth, you know, buying, um, and worth investing in. I I wanted to just, um, mention a couple of other quick things. Number one, Amy Trask was quoted in Nikki's story multiple times. She is the former CEO of the Oakland Raiders. And this is by the way, what I would consider to be, you know, a general feeling among most NFL people, um, owners, executives, etc., when they're asked to speak about Washington, whether it's on the record or off the record. Um, you know, in talking about the recent, you know, Snyder was not suspended, um, you know, Tanya's been, you know, co-CEO, some of the Jason Wright uh, conversation, Amy Trask is quoted as saying, quote, there's that old saying, actions speak louder than words. And I do believe that if Jason and Coach Rivera are given the leeway to effectuate change, they will effectuate change. 
But only time is going to tell if that if the leeway it appears they are being given is true leeway and if it's lasting leeway. Uh, closed quote. That's that's what everybody in the league is is thinking. And you know, the last week with Snyder having PR people and lawyers reach out to reporters to say he wasn't suspended, the team was, um, or or he he wasn't fined, the team was. This was not one of those things that, you know, an Amy Trask looks at and says, oh, he's learning. He's, it's the opposite of that. He's not learning. Um, there's one more quote in here from her in this story that I wanted to um, – uh, it's the last um, paragraph. For the past 11 months, Washington's business operations and its football team have shown signs of change. But whether Wright and his team of outsiders can create a new product or merely a new facade will depend on the top. Quote from Amy Trask, former Raiders CEO. I've been very outspoken over many years, going back to my years in the league, about changes that needed to be made in that organization. If these two, meaning Wright and Rivera, are given the opportunity to right some of the wrongs that were effectuated by those in place before them, we will see that. Time will tell. Close quote. Trust me, Tommy and I have talked about this many times. The league doesn't want him to own the team. They want somebody else and his owner. And, you know, on this name thing, I don't know if Jason Wright realizes this. I bet you still the majority of fans, present or past, would take a new name if it meant a new owner. Remember we did that call segment? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I think you could call them a Cowboys if you could switch owners. Yeah, if you could get rid of the owner. Long conversation Listen. about de- about basically the big takeaway being no warriors, <laughs> no warriors, yeah. and they're going to have the name and the new you know brand announced sometime in early 2022. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. Well, one last thing, uh, you know, like and I mentioned this earlier in, in a podcast earlier uh, about all the faith being put in Ron Rivera, not just on the football field but his presence in the organization. And I pointed out that he was there in Carolina when Jerry Richardson was going off on his sexual harassment spree and making racial comments about football scouts. Right. Uh, and he wasn't sounding any alarms about that. Well, and in, in December 2017, after Carolina clinched a playoff berth with a win over Tampa Bay, after Richardson had already, after the news had already broke about the various sexual harassment uh, charges and that Richardson was going to step down uh, and sell the team, uh, this is what uh, Rivera told his players in the post-game press conference. Just remember, guys, this is about team. Everything we do is about team. The most important thing is about team, okay? All right, do me a favor. Mr. Richardson, on three... One, two, three. And they and what happened? Did they all say Mr. Richardson? Well, yeah. In other words, the, this this owner who basically you know treated women and minorities in the organization with with uh, such a level of disrespect that he couldn't own the team anymore. Rob Rivera used him as a rallying cry after a playoff win. <laughs> Oh my! And and this is this was his defense. What I know nothing about that. I can only speak 
to what he has been to me and the players. In other words, I wasn't sexually harassed, so I can't speak to that. I mean, we make this guy out to be Gandhi. He's just a football coach. I, I, no one's made him out to be Gandhi. No one has. Okay. But he's a okay. good football coach. But I appreciate you doing the research on that and uncovering that because that is reflective of something. Yes. And, and you know, the bottom line is is that while I think he has said mostly the right things um, with respect to the Post stories, and uh, have we really heard from him since last week? Oh, I mean, you know, the way they did this was so brilliant. There's nothing for them to speak to. There's no report. Yeah. Well, there is the you know, there's, mean, there's the league, there's the league summary which calls it a toxic yes. environment and they did fine him 10 million bucks or they fined the yes. team 10 million bucks. But I mean, I I was going to hold their feet both him and Jason Wright to the fire uh if they didn't have something to say about the outcome, but it's such a nebulous outcome. You know, I just found this. Um, uh, Mike Freeman last year tweeted out after the Washington Post story first hit. Mike Freeman, who's written um, as an NFL writer for years. The stuff is far yeah. worse than what happened under Jerry Richardson and the Panthers. Far worse, not even close. Okay. Um, so... Just so everybody understands, Jerry Richardson used to be the Carolina Panthers. He sold the team in 2017 um, after he was accused of claims involving sexual harassment, as well as racism, by the way. Yes, um, yes. Richardson, Against football scouts, not, 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 not like office workers. Right. Football staff. Um, there was a 2017 Sports Illustrated article that broke the story about the allegations. Um, here's uh, a couple of the quotes. Quote, Friday was jeans day when most staffers at the Carolina Panthers team offices would wear denim to work. The female employees knew what that meant. As the team's owner, Jerry Richardson, made his rounds on the way to his spacious office, he would ask women to turn around so he could admire their backsides. Then, in his rolling southern drawl, he'd offer comment drawing from a store of one-liners he'd recycle each week. Among those in the heaviest rotation, show me how you wiggle to get those jeans up. I bet you had to lay down on your bed to fit into those jeans. Did you step into those jeans, or did you have to jump into them? Oh, my God. This was one of the many cases in which Richardson engaged with sexual harassment with female workers. Unfortunately, his disgusting behavior didn't stop there. Here is another account from the article that described the sickening acts that were allegedly committed by Richardson. Quote, former employees allege that in addition to verbal harassment, Richardson engaged in improper acts. According to sources, on multiple occasions, Richardson requested female employees to visit him during a weekday in his suite inside Bank of America Stadium. The women would be escorted by Richardson's assistant, who would then depart, leaving the owner alone with a junior employee. One former female employee recalls Richardson, who stands six foot three, arriving barefoot and asking for a foot massage. Says one such invitee, the first time you thought it was an important meeting with the owner, you then realized it was never anything that couldn't be discussed over the phone. 
Others talk of Richardson giving back rubs that lingered too long or went too low down the spine. Richardson didn't stop there. Here's one of the more despicable incidents that allegedly occurred in the Panthers' front office. Richardson was also known for what multiple women call the seatbelt maneuver. He would invite female employees out to lunch, and in keeping with his reputation as a self-styled gentleman, he would open the car door for his guests. Once they were seated, however, he would insist on fastening their seatbelt for them, reaching across their lap and brushing his hand across their breasts before putting the belt in the clasp. By the way... Mr. Richardson on three. One, two, three. How could Mike Freeman write that this stuff with Snyder is far worse than what happened under Jerry Richardson. Not even close. I mean, if true, then how is Snyder still the owner? Yeah. By the way, um, they didn't for, you know, he had already been going down the path of selling the team. This just quickened that process. Yes. So Snyder has never had any intention of selling the team. So it's a little bit different with him. Anyway, Jerry Richardson, Warriors. Uh on 3, 3 cheers for Mr. <laughs> you By the way, you know the new owner, David Tepper, Ron Rivera uh, Ron referred to as David because in that post um uh firing press conference, he referred to him as David multiple times. Clearly, Mr. Richardson was Mr. Richardson because he was much older. How old was Richardson? He was super old. He was, yeah, he was in his late seventies, maybe early eighties. Yeah, every bit of it. He right? played in the NFL for one season, I think. Yeah, he's eighty-four years old now, so he sold the team yeah. at eighty. Um, you yeah. know, uh, twenty-five years older than Dan than Dan is. You know, roughly twenty-five years older. Okay. Um, couple more things to wrap up the show right after these words from a few of our sponsors. Uh, I didn't watch the Euro final. I had a, a, another um, outdoor commitment um, yesterday, but uh, I did see a lot of the highlights, and I bet it was thrilling to watch. And the Wembley crowd, completely insane, out of control, and there's been a lot of, of incidents and issues um, post that Euro match um, that we'll we'll save for another day. But overall, I really did enjoy this enjoy the soccer over the last month. I did. Uh, I know you didn't, and I know a lot of you didn't, but I I did. I did want to mention Tommy that I did watch the game last night. Giannis was incredible. If they, I, I still think Phoenix will win this series, and I think the key to last night's game was DeAndre Ayton getting into foul trouble. More than anything else, when he picked up his fourth foul early in the third quarter and took a seat, that's when Milwaukee really you know, put the game away. Now, they had a great second quarter, don't get me wrong, but Ayton, man, Tommy, you love old-school basketball. You'd love to see a game with centers. This dude really looks like he's going to be the real deal. Um, and he was outstanding before he got in foul trouble and ended up playing uh, limited minutes in the second half. And because of it, Phoenix's pick and roll wasn't nearly as effective, and Milwaukee's had major trouble guarding that. And I think that was the key last night. Giannis also was phenomenal, including going 13 of 17 from the free throw line. He became, Tommy, just the third player in NBA playoff history to have 40-plus points 
and 13 and double digit rebounds in back to back finals games. The only other two are LeBron and Shaq. Um, we've seen this throughout the playoffs, you know, with all of these um, numbers coming out the day after, after phenomenal performances. I thought he was great. And I think one of the reasons he was great is he, he did not settle for jump shots. He is, as Tim Legler put it this morning, he's a center with a handle. With his long arms, his size, his strength, he really is at his best within five feet of the rim. And that's where he was focused last night. He was outstanding. Um, I thought Middleton was great in the first half. I thought Drew Holiday was outstanding last night. And when he's played well, they've played well. Bobby Portis continues to play great. Connaughton was outstanding. Um, And for the second straight game, you know, Chris Paul had turnovers. He basically didn't have a lot of turnovers in the playoffs at all. Um, And in the last two games, he's got he's got uh, he's got ten in the last uh, two games. Um, after essentially having like 10 in his last six games prior to that. Uh, I still like Phoenix. I like Phoenix to win it 4-1. That was my prediction. Um, but I, I was glad if we're going to see you know some competitiveness in these finals to see Giannis really respond the way he did. Well, that's good. You didn't watch any of it, did you? No, I didn't. I was consumed with my own ego. I know, I know. I know. What was an important? You know that you were doing. You were doing good things. Um, Yes, I was doing good things, and I was, you know, embarking on my new career. Yes, you were. Uh, Any thoughts about the home run derby tonight or the All Star game tomorrow night? I'm really looking forward to it because of uh, Otani and uh, the matchup uh, with Soto. I mean, Otani is, is, you know, like something we've never seen before. Uh, I mean, Babe Ruth is the one player that people go back to as being a great pitcher and hitter. But, uh, I, I mean, I, I'm not sure if Otani is even better than that than Ruth was at this point. Now, I want to point out, and I'm going to write about this, and I'm not the only one writing about it, uh, the Negro Leagues had multiple players right. who were both hit and pitched. Martin DeHigo, Leon Day from Baltimore, like, like uh, Ruth was from Baltimore. Guys who were, you know, great hitters and great pitchers as well. This was something that was more prevalent in, in Negro League baseball. So, um, did, that's all. Did, I'm, Sa- I'm, did, I'm Sa- did Satchel Page hit or not? Well, they all hit, but he wasn't known as a hitter. Right, okay. You know? Um, he wasn't known as a hitter. Uh, Leon Day, who was maybe the second greatest pitcher in Negro League history behind Satchel Page, uh, was a great hitter as well. Tommy, how old was Satchel Page pitching? Uh, I mean, wasn't he close to fifty and he was still pitching? No, when when he broke into the major leagues, I think he was forty-eight years old. Jesus. That's when he first broke into the majors. Right. Wow. And he pitched about six or seven years in the majors, if I'm off the top of my head. And that was with Cleveland, right? Wasn't it Cleveland? Yes. Yeah. Bill Veck, the uh, right. owner of uh, the. Uh, Indians at the time. Who would later become the owner of the White Sox, right? Yes. Am I right There's about a that? Guy I wish I could go back. And, yeah, no, he did. Okay. There's a guy I wish I could go back in time and, and, and meet Bill Vec. What a character he was. Was he the one that, that, that did all of the crazy promotions for White Sox games in the yes. 70s? 
he was he was yeah he was that was that was the guy right he was the guy who who sent uh eddie goodell the uh the little person up to hit once in a game so well he also was the guy right with the 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 promotion that went wrong was like the disco um the you know the the anti-disco music night whatever that was called remember and that was the promotion by his son mike beck oh okay um all right uh terrific guy as well you're you're not here tomorrow you're doing today because you are off tomorrow congratulations on the success of your event um uh i will be back with a podcast tomorrow and then tommy will be back i think thursday of this week and i'll try to keep everybody posted on days that we're gonna take off i know i haven't been uh great at that recently but i'll i'll try to do better at that um but um that's it for the day unless you have anything else I got nothing else for you, boss. All right. Back tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of the day. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.